Hey guys, you're listening to South CAC Syndicate Podcast, and today we've got Miss Anna Linder, and we're going to do a deep dive on software as a service, which is SaaS companies and how you use them in your everyday life and you don't even know it, and where the future of SaaS is going as we move forward in our day-to-day lives. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Liz, and you're listening to the South CAC Syndicate Podcast. Welcome to the South CAC Syndicate Podcast. It's Kyle Voss. Jared here. Hope everybody's you, having a great day. What are you doing over there, son? So, um, you know, we, we don't really do fun facts anymore, but I, I do want to throw one out at you. Okay, go ahead. So, news. We are not a news podcast. We're a, more of a business podcast. Yeah. But do you know what news stands for? Like, this is a real thing. No idea. It stands for Notable Events, Weather, and Sports. Interesting. Who knew? What do they say? Uh, I was today years old when I found that out. Yeah. I was today years That's old when I found that out. So I will tell you, I was uh, pretty pumped about this podcast because I thought we were going to debate. There's going to be a debate between Jared and I. Out of one. About uh, modern influencers. influencers and whether it's going away or if it's still hanging strong. But we actually got a guess, which is better. So we're going to hold that one for later. That's right. And we'll let Jared try to do as much research as he can because he's going to need it. Ever. But in the meantime, today we've got Miss Anna Linder on the podcast. Good morning, Miss Anna Linder. Where's my clap? Thank you. Thank you. My clap button at. A Walter, Walter Burrow native. How do you say it? Walter Burrow. Walter Burrow. Walter Burrow. Walter Burrow. Walter Burrow. Walter Burrow So <laughs> is that considered low country, Ace Basin, or is that more up country? At low country. Low country, mm-hmm. for sure. What are you known for down there? Rice. Uh, Rice. Rice really? Festival. Is that, the, not anymore. I think it's the, mm. the Murdoch murders. <laughs> right. Yeah. Is that is close? That Do it's, what? Is the, is the Murdoch, is that close or it is it took, next town over? Was it? It took place in Calden County. So, yep. Okay. Yes, that's close. <laughs> yeah. So you lost the rice. Um, yeah. Um, uh, Alex, is that, was that his name? Yeah. Alex Murdoch. Alec. Alec Murdoch and the Rice Festival. Yep. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> But today we have her in Oconee County, South Carolina, and we're lucky to have her. So I meet Miss Linder probably three days ago. We're having a conversation. Hey, how are you? What do you do? Basics, right? And she says, I work in SAS. And, and you're like, we were just talking about that. We were just that. talking about that. So for those that don't know, give us a little background on SAS, and then we'll get a little background yes. on you. Start so off with what it stands about. for. Yeah. Yeah. So it means software as a service. And it's just a cloud-based type delivery model where it allows uh, users to access it through the internet. So if you're connected to the internet or networked, you're good. You can log in. So it's a whole company. Basically, the company is the software. Mm -hmm. So think of like Adobe Photoshop, Mm -hmm. right? That's a software that they've developed. They then sell it to you. Now they actually will lease it to you. They don't even sell mm-hmm. it to you anymore. Everybody knows what Adobe is. Adobe. So you pay yeah. a monthly rate for it. You yeah. get to use that software. So the cloud that stores my photos, is that a SaaS company? Or is that an umbrella under Apple? Uh, what, um, yeah. It could be if it was by itself, I guess. Yeah. I would, but but I mean, it's just, more of the software versus mm-hmm. the storage. Understood. Right? It's the actual calculations and the, and the stuff that it does. Which we were talking before the podcast and you said... Netflix is a SaaS company, which I wouldn't have thought of, but yeah, it makes sense because mm-hmm. you're basically using their software. <sighs> you took my gold nugget. Oh, I'm man. sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Before we, I want to do a deep dive into that because that's what we're going to do today, but give us a little bit of background about Anna. 
Like, uh, we know where you're from, but mm-hmm. where, where'd you go to college? Just give us a broad stroke. Yeah, so I graduated from College of Charleston, and um, just a little bit about how I even got in tech was um, I was at the farmer's market in Charleston, and uh, just went up and talked to this guy who was selling paintings, and turns out he is like a benefits broker, and I let him know I needed an internship, and he was like, I actually know of a tech company that could use an HR intern, so. You need to go back to him and be like, hey, we need to turn those into NFTs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. We've been like 12 episodes without Bitcoin and NFTs. I didn't say nothing about Bitcoin. You just said it. Okay. Carry on. Yeah. So I, of course, got the internship, and then I actually did that my whole senior year at College of Charleston, and that's how I even became interested in tech and and wanted to pursue that. So you had no ideas before that internship that tech was even on the radar for you? No. Really? No, you weren't a gamer, anything like that, kind of The techie. only techie stuff I did was uh, the coding for MySpace, for my MySpace page okay. to have a uh, background. Change cool the background colors and, and stuff. And music. I, yeah. did a, I did yeah. a barbed wire outline on my page. Does that make me a coder? Did you code Maybe. it? Maybe. Or was it like, did you? It, I, I cut and paste to HTTP slap backslash. HTML? Whatever. <laughs> not, yeah. not a coder. Right here, not a coder. Okay. okay. I guess it counts, Jared. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I mean, I got my degree in business administration. I took a few um, decision science classes that were kind of techie, but... Where did you, what did you think you were going to do? I really wasn't sure. You didn't know. No, Which I is actually, why you do internships. I mean, right. that's a, we talk about that all the time. Like, there's nothing better than experience. Right. You didn't, I, didn't, I wanted to be a vet when I was a kid or a truck driver or a pilot and none of that when you were growing up. Mm. No dream of one day, dad, I'm going to be a... <laughs> SAS expert. <laughs> no, I don't think I did really. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I love animals, but I, I didn't think I could be a vet. Sure. So, because that kind of comes with some bad territory too, with having to do sad things, yeah. you uh, know. Understood. So, right. couldn't do that. But, we all got um, feelings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a dog lover. I'm a dog dad, proud dog dad to Smurf and Molly. So, yes. and Felicia, my cat. Felicia. Yeah. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Good morning, girls. Bye, Felicia. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so how long have you been into this space that you're, you're currently in? Um, yeah, so in the tech industry, probably like eight years mm-hmm. to a decade. Um, so, yeah. Do you have coding experience? I do. Um, one of my previous jobs actually uh, required us to code on the back end of websites. So um, right basic coding experience, but not like yeah. an engineer level. That's basically what... I would say I have, and to the extent of you probably way more than me, but I can already tell that uh, I, you know, like when we did TV the music, like a lot of that was back end coded. No, that is right. Yeah, so I'd go in there and I'd have to look stuff up, mm-hmm. and then go try to find where to stick it in the code. Yeah, you know, it's like okay, I know what I need to put in there. Where does it need to go? Right. And you break it a couple times. <laughs> yeah. And then you figure out okay, that's you got to start over. Is it like no, no? no. You you know, trial you, and error. You can always revert back. But, you, you know, if you put it in the wrong spot, when you go to the website, it just messes everything up. Sure. So give me an idea of when the what, – what is an example? I'm, I guess I'm looking to you, Anna. What is an example of one of the first SaaS companies that people use every day today and don't even know what SaaS is? Hmm. Besides Netflix. But, like, eight years ago when you were coming up, is this new? Or has this been around for 25 years? Is, it's been around. Um, I want to say Salesforce was the first – to okay. uh, launch a CRM 
uh, platform. Yeah. And so that's what it was used for. And I mean, growing up, like, or just in all of my experience, work experience, I've always used Salesforce at just about every single job. They yes. dominate that market. They, they have, and they have all the data too. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to compete. Yeah. So, you know, what's crazy is if you're not in the industry, you don't even know what Salesforce is. Right. You've never even heard of it probably. Which is wild. Yeah. But the people that are in it, they're like, they'd be lost for that. That's the place to go. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit. What is Salesforce? I don't, I think what they just compiled data for sales. Uh, so you can, and this is the way I always took it. And I could be way off pace, but I always took it as companies use them as a CRM is what you said. Mm-hmm. What does that stand for? Customer relationship management. Okay. So they basically take all the customer data and then compile that into whatever you need it to be in as a company, say South CAC wanted to market to X or do this or do that. Your data is all with Salesforce. Kind of like click funnels. I know that for, I've used it for different purposes. So when I was at Primary Insight, we used it to keep track of projects and um, any experts that we had that were going to consult on those projects. Um, So it was mainly just like for project purposes. Uh, And then at Boomtown, we used it for cases that came in, for client cases, inquiries um, that came in and answering those. Um, And then for my last company that I was at, we used it for contracts and accounts. Yeah. That way we can see I think they have a bunch of different platforms you can use. Mm-hmm. So I think one of them is if you are a company, they'll literally build something custom tailored to what you do. Sweet. Yep. For your people. And you can track all the data you want. You can do, you can have all that housed in one thing just for you. I love that. Yeah. Dashboards too. Yeah. They have a lot. And then if you're just a smaller company coming up, you can use all their stuff. Mm. You can use all their information they've got and kind of sort through it if you don't have your own. So I love dashboards, and so I was looking for a personal dashboard. So when you wake up, most people look at an alarm clock. I want an iPad that just goes, bam, here's what a snapshot of your morning. You know, here's what this business did. Here's what this came in. This is what got deposited. Like, and then so I started doing a deep dive on available dashboards for my needs. You can get lost. I didn't realize there was such yeah. an open market for these things. Like, and that's a prime example of a SaaS company. Like they would literally, exactly right. they would give you the service. They just charge you a monthly rate for it. That's right. And that's crazy because everybody, anybody can do it. If you can code, then you can just be a SaaS company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about real quick before we kind of go on. And I don't know if I know them all. You may know, or you might be able to fill in the gaps, but like there's only like seven ways to have a successful company within the tech industry. You got SaaS, which is software as a service. You've got uh, e-commerce or peer-to-peer or like the middle guy. You think of like eBay. You know, a lot of people would get eBay con- confused with, with SaaS because you think it's a, it's a software as a service, but it's not. They're the middleman. They're doing all the processing for you, right? They're bringing sellers and buyers together. Is that not software? No, because service? you're not, they're not charging you a rate to use eBay. Yeah, they are. They're taking well, a cut. That's Is on it the, a SaaS company? That's on the sale. It's, yeah. It's not like an upfront, um, oh my gosh, upfront charge. Yeah, there's no upfront charge. You can use it Got free. It. They get it on the transaction. Got it. It's a okay. transaction-based company. You, Amazon, same way. It's all transaction-based. Okay. They're just the middle guy, right? So and they, I don't know what that's called. I don't know if it's e-commerce or what that is, but it's a different, it's a different than, a, than a SaaS, which can be easily confused because you, you think website, you're just like, oh, that's a software, but it's mm. not necessarily. And then you have what, uh, in tech, you have like biotech, which is like more of in the lab kind of businesses, and it has less to do with software, but that's still tech technology. Okay. Uh, any that you can think of? Um, 
<laughs> I think there's seven. I, I I don't even know if I pronounce it right, but I've lately been seeing a lot of the, is it fintech? That's finance based. Yeah, yeah. Right. So is it, or is it fintech? Maybe no, it's fintech. No e in it. It's fintech. Um, is, yeah. yeah it's I don't, coming up though. I'm seeing a lot. It is. Not a lot. It is. Coinbase. Coinbase would be considered a peer-to-peer, like an eBay. Like they're just a, now almost a bank. Yeah. You know, but so it's, those are familiar that, that we know. When was SaaS created? Like when, when did SaaS come about? Yeah, so Salesforce did that's, the launch in 1999. That's what it was. Got mm-hmm. it. Got it's it, been got around it, for, it, it. Yeah. I mean, you could almost say that, nah, maybe not. I was going to say, you could almost say that Google was a SaaS company, but they weren't because they weren't charging you to use their service. You know, and that's that's the, the that's, right. that's the key is that you're charging to use that service as a monthly, you know, as a monthly rate or monthly, or a one time deal or whatever it may be. You're charging for that. Whereas, you know, Google's thing is they're more of like an ad revenue company, and they just needed eyeballs. Sure. So they gave away their service. So when you got your internship, and you, I guess you figured out you really liked what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Right? So you knew that this was the path that you were going to stay in. You really didn't want to color outside the lines. You just want to stay with SaaS. Right. Yeah, uh, in the tech industry mainly. Um, but I was uh, I was an HR intern, so I was mainly just sourcing candidates and right. hiring or not hiring them on my end. I would send them to my manager to hire. Um, and yeah, I just liked the whole onboarding process of it all. But I figured out that I liked just helping people and mm-hmm. um, even networking to find them jobs at E Group where I interned. So um, that's what I knew I wanted to do was stay in tech, but to help people. Do you keep in touch with that internship that you did, those people from the early days? Yep. Yeah. I still text my boss. Build that Rolodex. I'm telling you, that, <laughs> yep. I, that's the key to success, right? For sure. You, you'll go back to that. I guarantee you, one day, you'll go back to those people. Whether 100%. you need a job or you just need a connection or you need whatever it is. She already has, I'm sure. Yeah. You'll <laughs> yeah. use them. But I'm talking about like even when you don't think it, 20 years from now. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be like, you know, that one, one time, that one lunch a year you do with that person. Right. Will come in super valuable one day when you're. What's the worst part about the industry that you chose to have a profession in? Is it, in your opinion, what do you dislike about it the most? Um, I mean, there isn't really much control on my end. So when there's bugs that need to be fixed in the system, um, and then we have to break the news to the client, that's just kind of hard. But um, it's never a fun thing to do. <laughs> so mm-hmm. got to find out workarounds and everything and, and ways to make them happy. Yeah. So, so it's, a, it's a lot of constant movement? Yes. I guess it has to be, right? Yeah. Because technology is shifting by the minute. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So <clears throat> in, that, in that industry, I would think behind the scenes, there's a lot going on. Because mm-hmm. you have, you know, you got the coders, you have the engineers, who they're kind of mapping out what has to happen. They're sending that, to, and I don't know how this works. I'm just kind of making this up as I go, but they're kind of sending that to the people who, who code it, right? Because usually... Engineers. They're software engineers. Well, I guess they, maybe that I guess in one. And then what you have the people on the interface side that are like, this is not working properly, mm-hmm. or we need this, or we want to add that. Yeah. I mean, different uh, teams within that department of engineering, and then also to your product that gets involved as well. And then... You know, if they're assigned a success manager, it's just all that internal communication that right. needs to happen. So everyone's in the loop. Because I just think you you need different people on that. You need different kinds of folks on that spectrum, right? You need the ones that know how to code, That's right. but may not be the best at talking to customers on what they mm-hmm. need or don't need, right. right? And somehow that has to get relayed to the, to the people who actually build the products. 
What, yeah. what was that movie with uh, Owen Wilson and what's the funny guy where they got intern at Google? I haven't seen that one. Yeah, you, I was thinking Wedding Crashers. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Owen Wilson and the other guy. And the intern at Google. What's the name of that movie? It might have been intern. Isn't it the same guy too in Wedding Crashers with him? Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> What's his name? Oh, I don't think I've seen it. Um, I don't know, but I, I haven't it's seen good. it. Oh, check so it out. They, they are two guys <laughs> that walk into a, a corporation full of people half their age. They don't know how to. They don't even know how to where to put their hands on a keyboard, and they're trying to learn tech as they go. And they have different competitions, and so it's a good mix of millennial techies that have never experienced real world and two guys that have never experienced tech yeah. and only brought real world and the collision of the two and it worked yeah right because a lot of times we just we build tech thinking tech will take care of itself but there's still a human element yeah. to anything that we we touch and use well then there's the whole sales side like you can build the best product in the world if nobody knows about it it ain't doing nothing no, that's right you gotta you know it's got to be used, and then you have the network effects of that use, right? No, Especially right. if it's. If there's know. one thing you could change about your industry, what would it be? Hmm. One thing I could change. I honestly can't think of anything. Okay. I mean, I feel like you have your own opinions whenever you go to companies on things that you would change, but um, I don't know about the industry. Say they're staying on top of it. Yeah, somebody is right because we're grow, we're growing faster in tech every day. It's a little scary, like from conception of man to the first car was like hundreds and thousands of years, not hundreds of thousands, thousands of years. Yeah, right. And then it was like a little bit shorter to get the next big, and now it's like every day something new's coming out to well, you know, make our life a lot easier. You know what I think about is if you look at just the evolution of the car itself. No, that's right. You know, we're talking, it was only 19, what, 20s? In the 20s, the car was invented. You know, the buggy, the motor, whatever, you know, I guess right before the Model A. And mm-hmm. you look at that to Tesla or... Oh, it's just hands off. Just Yeah, it drives itself. That hasn't been, that, it's only been 100 years. Like we're, you know, it hasn't been that long. And it's going to accelerate even faster from there, right? That's right. Well, let's take a break right quick. And when we come back, I want to hear where... Where is SAS going in the next three years to 10 years? So we'll be right back with this Anna Lender. Let's face it, shopping for insurance can be time consuming. When it comes to your auto and home insurance needs, make things simple and trust your Allstate experts. They will help you get the coverage that fits your needs while helping you bundle your auto and home. Bundling saves money, sure, but it also saves you time. So you can enjoy the things that matter most even more. Contact Clemson Allstate agent Shane Smith at 864-654-1047 today for a free personalized insurance proposal. Allstate, are you in good hands? And we're back with Anna Linder, SAS guru. So, yeah. We, ne- we never really did dig into that. I want to I know, like, we talked about how you got into the industry. I think but we left tell, off at internship. Tell me the why and why you're still in it. Yeah. So whenever I was sourcing for tech jobs, I just thought it was really interesting. Um, Just didn't think that I could become a software engineer. Uh, So that's why I started to do more of the client-facing stuff. Um, And I landed a job at CreateSpace, which is owned by Amazon, and they're a self-publishing company. Um, So that's where I really started with the client-facing. Where were you based at? In Charleston. So you were in Charleston. Mm -hmm. Remote. Create no, not working remote. That was pre-COVID. 
Oh, but so they have, they have their own office. office in Charleston. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. And then Create Space is basically if you want to publish your own book, mm-hmm. you don't want to go through a publisher. Right. You can then you create the book yourself. Is I mean, is, is there somebody that actually like looks over that for mm-hmm. you? That's editing. That? Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. There's copywriting there, um, and then designers too to help with the front of the book, the cover, um, everything, and then. Um, yeah, just like making making sure everything was formatted correctly. So you had that as a service there, um, but you also had a DIY service where yep. if you didn't want to pay for it, then you could do it for free. Gotcha. And any book that you created. Now, is that most of those go to digital download? I wouldn't think they go to print, right? So they can. They can be sold on Amazon. Yeah. Since it's an Amazon company, that's what they would do. That was like part of the perk. Um, and also to Kindle. They had a thing with Kindle then, KDP. We actually got a buddy of mine that did a cookbook. I think he did like a dating book too, but I think they were all, I know, which is crazy. It was like, it was a, it was a book on, and shout out to him if he's listening. <laughs> I don't know that he is, but if he's listening, Matt, um, he did like a, it was a book on like 101 first dates or something crazy like that. And it was mm-hmm. like, it was an idea book. Yeah. That's cool. I created one for my sister to give to her husband for their wedding gift. Um, and it was all of the text messages that he sent her. Oh, that's and cool. it was like between back and forth. Was it on Amazon? Can we go buy it? Yeah, I don't it ever. was on Amazon. But. <laughs> don't ever do that to my fault. <laughs> ever. Between me and Megan, those text uh, messages. Oh, are you uh, kidding? Funny story. I just heard the other day where uh, Johnny Cash, uh, what was his wife's name? Uh, June. June. Was it June? June Carter. Did she write a book or something? It's like a self-bot or something? Probably, probably. Or did he have like a girlfriend? I don't know. I didn't catch the whole story. But anyway, whoever it was basically published every love letter that they had. In oh, a book. Wow. Yeah. I see. That's sweet. That's cute. Now we text. Are you still mad at me? <laughs> no, my sister provided me with all I the do? text messages. So, so she did she the self editing. Yeah. <laughs> she would have yeah. had to. I did the formatting. <laughs> she, she provided me with the content. What do they call that? Redacted? She redacted. Yeah, she probably did. Mine would be like, I love you. I love you too. Black line, black line, black line, black line, black line, black line. Black line. See you, you later. <laughs> so yeah. you did create space mm-hmm. and then. You, you left there and you still stayed in the industry. So I then uh, was actually uh, poached, if you will, by a consulting Good company who uh, worked with analysts at hedge funds and private equity firms. Sweet. And so, yeah, I did like research on certain projects that we had to find um, experts for to consult on. And then I basically had to find them, reach out to them and sell them on the idea of consulting. And then... Um, and then get them uh, just assigned with the uh, analysts at the hedge fund. And so that, I did take a little break away from it, but I was still, you know, interested. So then I um, ended up leaving that company and working part-time for a tech recruiting company. So the, was it the same company that poached you? No. Like the head hut? <laughs> no, no, no. It was someone you? at the company that poached me for, um, for Primary Insight from gotcha. Create Space. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. You must be really good at what you do. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. You've been headhunted like twice mm-hmm. in your early days of your career, right? So you went on, you stayed in the industry. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then, um, and then I ended up getting a job at Boomtown, a full-time job there on the support team. And that's where I really was like, okay, 
And now, are we to remote? Are we after COVID at Boomtown? No, nope, we're still still pre COVID. Still pre COVID. Yeah. So you're, you're you're reporting to an office. An office. Now yeah. tell me about the office environment. Is it like wild and crazy, and people are throwing watered up notes across the cubicles? And I got an idea over here, a big dry erase board. That's how I see. Pretty it. much. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like Facebook, where they got. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a like mini it. Google, basically. You could bring your dog. You could wear whatever you wanted to wear. They had a bar. Ping pong, gym. Yeah, ping pong. Yeah. Oh, our office. Our, at, uh, so my mom, my mom works at Apple in Austin, and she says that they, they have everything there you'll ever need. They don't want you to leave. I'm talking about you can get your clothes washed. You can get massages. You can get personal trainers at the gym. They'll cook food for you all day. Like everything you'll ever need. Mm-hmm. Once they get you in that building... They don't want you to leave. So like 18-hour shifts? Or? They just hang out. Like you basically just live there. Yeah, you sleep pods? Everything. Did y'all have sleep pods? No, we did have showers and stuff though. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Good work yeah. environment, obviously. Yeah, yeah, definitely all about the culture. So all so is are the, these companies usually all about the culture? Yeah, usually SaaS companies and tech companies too. I think that's, a, that's just a, that's just like a new generation mm-hmm. of businesses right they're all about the culture which is a good thing we got into it late in the game right we were a young management team in the midwest and uh i, I was big on company culture and as the gm yeah but you CEO, were doing like margaritas at lunch well that, then i got you know <laughs> there's actually laws against that apparently she said they had a bar and, yeah well i mean i don't know but it's i in the did midwest. see a little decline in our performance productivity on margarita mondays yeah <laughs> oh, no. yeah everybody slowed down a little bit my charger was like, I thought it was a good idea, but I'm pretty sure that uh, we it's can't not a good this, idea. Yeah. So we, but but you, it's still company culture. Let me ask you this. This is kind of off subject, but not. And you would know because you're in it. Do If you're going to start, say, say Jared and I, we, wanted to, we had a great idea for a SaaS company. We wanted to build it. Mm-hmm. We were going to so, source uh, coders and all the stuff we needed. Do you feel like we ha- you have to be in San Fran to, ha- to build a successful SaaS company? No. Or any kind of technology company nowadays i don't think so see i'm with you i'm in the same boat as you but if you talk to those folks in san fran they say no they're going to tell you no you need you have to be here mm-hmm. you're going to find the best talent you're going to find the most amount of money which i get that mm-hmm. part but i mean you know if you're in austin or if you're in you know miami some of these new tech places that are coming up you can go find the money if you yeah. have a good product you can also in 2023 find workers remotely well, right. that too, right? That's you, a, yeah, that's pretty much a thing yeah. now, right? But uh, yeah, the last company I worked for, though, um, Charhop, they actually were headquartered. Well, they didn't really even have an office because it was like it started right before COVID, and so they decided to just be a fully remote company, and um, they were headquartered in quotes um, in New York, which is where they got the mail. Yeah, well, that's where the CEO lived, and, and so he, that's where he created Charhop. Gotcha. From. And what did Charhop? Charhop. Charhop. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they're HR tech, so uh, just funneling employee data um, through an API yeah. um, from one HRIS, ATS, equity system to, to another. Hop. Yeah, so it's all in one place. So let's talk. We kind of talked a little bit on break. Let's talk about how AI you think is going to integrate with uh, these SaaS companies and just really tech in general. You know, we, we talked earlier. If ChatGPT come out tomorrow and said, hey, we're going to charge you a monthly fee for this service which I think they already have talked about. I've already kind of heard whatever. They would instantly be a SaaS company. That is like mm-hmm. the definition of a SaaS company. You're using that software as a service and you're paying for it. 
Yeah, I think y'all did a podcast on AI mm-hmm. recently too, and um, y'all talked about the chatbots too, mm-hmm. and that all, mm-hmm. right there is cutting out a lot of the repetitive tasks that are needing to be done um, to allow them to focus on other critical tasks. Too. Right. So that's also how it's kind of coming into play with SaaS companies. Yeah. So it's not two separate. It's going to be. Do you have to pay for a service to make it a SaaS company? Yeah. If it's free, it's not a SaaS right, company. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Just because you add the payment. Yep. It, it's a SaaS company. That makes mm-hmm. the ser- that's the service part. Well, the service is for free. It's not a SaaS company. Mm-hmm. No, but it would just be software then. Not as a service. It would just be software. It's still a service. If I gave you, uh, if I gave you software, it would just be software. Yeah, you pay for it. You have the login for it, and then you access it. And that makes it a service. So my Spotify? Is that a SaaS company? Um, if you're paying for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think that. that falls in the same realm as Netflix, right? Yeah, that's right. You know, it's the same. You're, instead of watching, you're listening. That's right. Spotify, we so, use every day. Yeah. There you go, James. <laughs> We've got some guests in the studio this afternoon. Um, so everyday use of SaaS, Spotify, Netflix. Give me another one. Um, I wonder if uh, Amazon Music, I mean, that's any, what any, I use any over, streaming, over Any streaming subscription? I would be a SaaS yeah, company? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Video, audio. Now, I mean, it obviously crosses over into other genres, right? It's also can, could be a media company. It could be, but really the, the service that they're charging for is the right. fact that you can stream it to your TV. That's, that's, what they're pay, that's what you're paying for is to get that to your TV via stream. You're paying for sure. that software that does that. It's a SaaS company. Okay, so let's go back into the AI side, right? So we did talk about chatbot. We did talk about, you know, the, the integration of paid subscription for chat, GPT. Where is SaaS and AI going to meet congruently? Like, are we three to five years away from that? And and what does that mean to the end user? Does it mean it takes the human element to write the code? You might be able to speak. I, a little I more. say I say kind of like the analogy we talked about on how fast the car grew mm-hmm. and how fast, say, cell phones. From right. the time a cell phone was introduced till now, has only been what twenty five years or what's I, I don't hope not. No. Oh, for the cell phone, from the back phone, yeah, yeah, or or, iPhone, or, or just yeah. think, just think, iPhone. iPhone came out in what uh, two thousand ninety eight. When did it come out? After that, I was already in the Midwest, probably. So I mean, we're talking, 2000s. we're talking only twenty years, yeah. and now you have yeah. foldable phones, the screen you can fold up. I mean, you're talking some crazy stuff. That's sure. It's, and look how fast AI has already transformed. Like, since yes. it's really become a thing. No, that's right. So yeah. I think it, like, I think there's an exponential curve to it. I think the more it goes, the faster it gets. You know, it's kind of like the whole AI thing. You were saying it learns. It learns itself every, 100% every day. No. It gets better. It gets 100%. better 1% every, every 100, 100 days. Every yes. Which isn't scary yeah. until you think how fast it gets 100% better. Yeah. And it compounds and gets better than that 100%. And I, and I think it. I think that actually changes over time. I think it gets, a, I think it's. In 20 minutes? I think it's a 50-day deal. Mm-hmm. And then a, then a 25 day deal. Like it's going to be that exponential, sure. right? I think everything in tech is going to be that way. What's the downside to SaaS? The downside to Ooh, SaaS? that's a good question. Yeah. Ooh. But you've never thought about that. I have not. And it could, and, and I'm in my head, I'm thinking it, it eliminates jobs. Maybe it makes our life easier, but there's a mm-hmm. downside to well, it. See, there is a downside to convenience. I think of SaaS very much though, like the blockchain and everything else. You know, you say, you know, it eliminates jobs, but there's so many jobs on the back end that have to maintain that. True. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it may eliminate a job, but it creates another one. Um, 
I would say the one one bad thing about a SaaS company, because you got to think, this is a company that is built on software. It's not people, mm-hmm. right? And dealing with people is always easier. So for instance, you know, if you had a crew of people that did something for you and you wanted to make a change or you didn't like something, you'd go talk to those folks. Be like, hey, I don't really like this. Let's change that. But you can't talk to your software like that. You can't talk to Photoshop and be like, I don't like that it does it like this. Can we move this button over here? Mm. That's something that has to happen on their side, right? They have to get feedback. So it's like this long chain of, of feedback that may take year, two years, whatever, for it to get back to uh, the actual coders that didn't change those, to make those changes. And I would guess mm-hmm. it's probably faster than that because any company that does SaaS is actively trying to find those things. Right. Yeah, like we had a feedback forum that you could fill out with like product requests, but yeah, you didn't know how long it was going to take for it to actually But I mean, as the customer, you couldn't do that. You know, mm-hmm. as the customer, when you're talking to your plumber and you're like, no, I want it to be over here. You know, you just made a change in, right. in two mm-hmm. minutes. That's right. Software is not going to work like that. Like there's a there's a huge, you know, ball that has to be has to change directions in order for that software to change. Unless AI integrates itself, then I could see AI speaking to the software. Could it not? And then yeah. change the code and on honestly, the back end for your personal needs. What I think happens in the future is that everybody can tailor their own software to fit their needs. Like it'll be because of AI. AI could recode it for you. Like they could literally build an open source, almost open source, except for they control the code, they control the AI. So the person that's doing it can't change it. Like they don't know what's happening on their side. It's almost like that book when we were kids. It's like you read one page, it's like, would you like to go into the woods yes. or would you like yes. to go yeah. eat, eat lunch? And so you I get think, a choice and then it rewrites the page, but it's already pre-programmed. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Except for that it's not pre-programmed because AI could do it. So instead of you saying, you know, instead of me reaching out and saying, hey, I would really like my CRM to look like this or do that or whatever, then she'd have to go talk to so-and-so and they'd have to talk to so-and-so and then there'd have to be meetings and all this stuff before mm-hmm. it actually got changed. Mm-hmm. If AI is writing the code, I literally could say, I want it to look like this. They could build the AI where they still control the IP on the code but AI could rewrite it right there for me instantaneously. It changes in front of me. They still own it. It's just customized to me. Are you seeing any of this, these conversations happen in this, in your industry today? I have not, but I don't really know what goes on between the product managers and the engineers. So you're going to leave here and you're going to be like, man, I got to talk. I got to talk to some people. (laughs) So what's your, uh, you know, regardless of where you are today and where, what is your, perfect scenario when it comes to company culture, what your job title is, what your day-to-day is, what's your perfect storm environment of where you want to be? Yeah. I mean, I definitely want to continue to be in implementation because I like to be in the beginning process um, and, you know, set the client up for success immediately rather than, you know, them not have such a good experience sorry we're all just like swatting over here um and yeah i mean just because like implementation can be make or break for the client if they have a terrible experience that kind of sets the tone for Mm -hmm. the rest of their time Mm -hmm. uh the rest of their contract and so i really want to just continue that um and just helping i'd say what's critical though in (laughs) companies these days is um 
is transparency, full transparency and communication, I think is huge. And saying um, we, we understand there's an issue here, but we're working on it. Or, mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And is this industry profitable? I would say so. Yes. You're talking about, you're talking about just SaaS in general? Or? Yeah. Like I, I think I've heard her say three or four companies she's worked for. Yeah. They all mm-hmm. pretty, pretty the way profitable. I, the way I look at it is it's the ultimate scalability. But is it going to get? An, is it going to be one of those spaces that gets overcrowded? Is everybody going to no. start their own? I don't think it's overcrowded, but I think it's huge. Mm-hmm. I think the whole industry basically dominates mostly everything. I mean, if you think about blockchain, that's a SaaS company. It's just not a company, but it's a software as a service. Like if if I'm going to transfer something to you, mm-hmm. the software does it, mm-hmm. right? That's right. There's just no middleman. So I mean, even that, even in that aspect, <gasps> yeah, the middleman out. The middleman's my favorite guy. Right, <laughs> he puts it puts it all together. He puts, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. But I mean, you know, everything's going to go to that, right? Because when you can, when you can streamline everything, mm-hmm. and that stuff, the thing too, it, software works twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Like, there's no, it's not taking any time off. No, that's right. Right, versus people have to take time off, and so it's a, it's there's an advantage there too, where it's constantly working. You. So many guests, Kyle's asked the question, so what could software help you in your industry that it's not doing today? It didn't matter if it was a, a, a brewery or a real estate guy. Yep. And we've got some examples of SaaS in the real estate side, probably in the brewery side. But what would be one of the... What's a pain point that, that could be solved? Like one of those, you, you lay in bed and just go, man, if I could just get this done, this mm-hmm. would really work. Well, honestly, like what we just talked about is uh, just solving the problems that the clients point out that ultimately just end up on a product feedback board and uh, just being able to resolve those a lot quicker would be way more helpful. You know, what's crazy is usually when I ask that question, uh, I'm thinking about creating a SaaS company to fix the problem. (laughs) There's no question. I know where your Mm -hmm. head's going. So when I'm asking somebody that that sells insurance or that, that has a whatever, I'm like, is there is there a pain point that I could solve mm-hmm. if we were going to start a company tomorrow? What could we develop that would solve that problem? And it would be a SaaS company. It would be a company that we'd basically sell them a subscription to a, a service that solved the problem for them. Mm-hmm. What's funny is nobody can answer the question. They're well, all they're all like, um, because they don't know there's options out yeah. there to make their yeah. life a little easier. But right? what I want them to they're, do is I want them to leave here. I want them to leave here, and the next time something just, they're like, man, I hate doing this. And they're going to be like, man, he asked me about that on the podcast. I'm going to have to send him a you know, message saying, okay, I figured yeah. it out. Well, I'm thinking because I have seen the project management software that we've used um, just from previous roles, and they're not the best yeah. that we've used. So I think coming up with a more streamlined one would be would a you, lot easier for Would you agree that every company you've ever worked for was developed out of solving somebody's pain point. Yes. Yeah. Have to be. I mean, why else would yeah. you be starting? Mm-hmm. Well, we we kind of talked about before the podcast. And- no, we talked about before the podcast. There's some things that that people uh, absolutely have to have, mm-hmm. and then there's some things that are like cool. You yeah. Know, like nice to have. Nice to have. But that's not a pain point yeah. thing, right? It's not like a. You know, if, if I if we did this, I could we could grow our company x fold because we would eliminate all this time we're spending fixing these problems or whatever it may be. Or, you know, customer service, you can put it in so many different areas. Yeah. And Jared, you might like this too. I'm seeing a lot of um, performance uh, software too to help employees, you know, 
like yeah. track their own performance. Yeah, like, able like a, to make themselves like feel like they're you know contributing and um, appreciated and driving their motivation to make the company better and, and their job. I would too. bet. I would bet mm-hmm. though. I would bet that they get the 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 worker gets one side of that to help them That's be right. motivated. That's right. But the data will tell the true story. But of the what data they on the back side on. is That's also 100%. used for performance based pay, and they never know. Yeah. Well, I mean, the employee would know that part. They don't think about it. But it would shed some light. So let's, let's just take that scenario and play with this for a second, right? So let's say we've got 100 employees, and they're in the service industry, right? Mm-hmm. So you're saying there's a software that we can track each of these performances based on what are your criteria. You give them 100 questions to answer, and you build you know, what they need. They may need, you're doing a great job today on an app that pops up, or work harder. Yeah. Slow you dude. Just, you just got mm-hmm. a free day off. So how do how would you Yeah. Um I know that they do have companies that you can purchase uh, the software to uh, allow them to like have perks and stuff and allow them like certain points for doing like certain milestones. They accrue they yep, accrue. So perks. there are companies like that. Like Marlboro Miles. You very yeah, very much like that, except for you like collect the points or well, like sky miles. Well I'll you give you the I'll, points and you get a discount. I'll give, you, I'll give you a, an example. Uh, Gary V has talked about this before, where he says every everybody in the organization has a different has a different goal. Oh, of course. Some people want to make more. Some people want more time off. Some people, you know, some people want flexibility. And you can't just incentivize every employee with the same thing. Mm-hmm. You can't say if you work hard, you'll get a raise because some people don't want to raise. Some people want to be home with their kids. That's they right. want to leave work a little earlier. They want to have more time off. Whatever. So like what you're talking about, like it actually figures out what they're in, what incentivizes them, and then each perk is is specific to that person. And this already exists. Yeah, oh, I'm sure it does. Yeah, there was. Well, I, well, mean, I was getting there excited. There could be man. probably more competition that you know for that market. I mean, there's got to be a lot of competition in this industry, right? Um, is it is it I building really, a better a better mousetrap kind of thing for that? Uh, I haven't seen that many companies do it, but that's just my personal experience. Um, but yeah, I think more continuous check-ins too from managers and just like, yeah, the reassurance yep. that employees need. Now tell me, tell me, cause I don't know this space. Like I think in an, in an artist world, I have a blank canvas and I got some paint over here. Do you start with a blank computer screen and you enter the first code to start writing the program? Is that how that works? That would be a great question for an engineer to have I on think, your podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm I, taking you as the I th- end all be all. I think, I think what happens is you have somebody obviously enters the first code. Yeah. Right? For sure. But what usually happens is kind of like building a house. Like you sub out this particular part of that service to one team. Interesting. You know, and that's the plumbing. And then you, this part, okay, we need, uh, we got to be able to process what? transactions. Okay, mm-hmm. we're going to give this to this team. And so then, and we need it to be coded in a way where it integrates with this and does that, and then it comes all back together. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like one start to finish uh, piece. Every piece is, you know, building a house is the best way I can explain it. You have like the general contractor who's like heading up the team, yeah. but then he has all these other teams that. Well, now I want to start a SaaS company. Oh, uh, they're the best. <laughs> are you, are so you does, who we need to. Put on our roster to have a yeah, conversation. Yeah, sure. At least your roller decks, right? We could sign me up. That's right. Well, this has been great. I got a, a personal question for you that I like to ask. I don't usually get to. What'd you listen to on your way to, to work this morning? Um, 
Oh man, I don't think I'm gonna. I don't think a lot of people are gonna like. No, no, no. This, this, like Marky Mark. What yeah. did I, well, I have been listening to your podcasts, but well, every we all, we know that we have a lot of that, listeners. But I would. <laughs> my girl Taylor. Oh, there you go. Hey, what's wrong know. with Taylor? She's. You know, a lot of people will say Beyonce. Like, I'm, I'm, gonna let, I'm gonna let you finish in a minute. I'm gonna let you finish in a minute. Right, but Beyonce. <laughs> they say Beyonce is a queen. I think Taylor's a queen. Like she's running things. So yeah, I don't. I don't own any. Swifty music. Uh, I know it. If if it comes on, you'll never catch me singing. Shake it off. Uh, I don't believe Shake you. it off. I don't cut the grass to it or anything like that. But I did watch a long, se- uh, not series, a long. Ep- some YouTuber broke down her tour. Mm-hmm. Here's what. Here's what the economic impact of a Taylor Swift show in Greenville, South Carolina. Yeah, would be, actually, Greenville's too small. Only major football arenas. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be well, it'd be Clemson. The yeah, no, no major. It'd be Clemson. Carolina Panther Stadium. Clemson's bigger than Carolina Panther Stadium. Is it? So you know, yeah, by seats. Yeah. Uh, it might it might be, but yeah. it was uh, the economic impact. And I don't remember the number numbers. I'd be pulling them out of thin air. But it was enough to where they'd build hotels, like the Olympics. Oh were yeah, coming yeah, yeah, in. yeah, yeah, yeah. If, yeah, it's if they thought they'd be a city on that tour, then they yeah. would build the city up and I'll, just to hold a, one. Taylor Swift concert. I wonder if behind the scenes, if it's very much like the Olympics where they're like uh, trying to court her into being like, hey, on your next tour, we'd love for you to come to. We're building a stadium just for you. Yeah. It's crazy. So kudos to you and Taylor Swift. (laughs) Golly day. And her truck drivers all got a $100,000 bonus the other day. Yeah. Oh, really? Like 50 of them or 500 of them, however many trucks it it takes, takes, which is a lot. Right, mm-hmm. but she is uh, she has figured it out. Yep. Who would have sure. thought a little seventeen year old country music singer, which is crazy? Everybody's like, "No, you got to pay your dues to make it in the in- industry." Man, this girl was still in high school and got signed to a. Elect- she wasn't playing her ass yeah. off at different bars for twenty five years. Times have changed, years. man. I didn't realize this, but uh, Morgan Wallen was on The Voice or one of those. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm waiting for the pop culture to come and everybody's going to shave their head. You know, he, he just did. cut his he just cut his mullet off. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. It was like last night he got the Clippers out. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I don't know what happened, but he does, he's got a shaved head and no mullet. I know what happened. He had a rough night and something happened to a part of his mullet, and so he's like, "Man, I got to cut it all." He forgot <laughs> to take the guard off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I, he had a late the, night. The flow wasn't working properly or something. You know, music used to influence pop culture. Like the '90s was the last generation we saw people dressed like artists. Now we dress yeah. like influencers on Instagram, mm-hmm. and music doesn't have that impact yeah. that it did. Well, but well, we talk I see a, Taylor Swift. She's definitely making a mm-hmm. making. Well, an we talk about it a lot too. Or at least in the past, but the next, the next huge artists, the next big movie stars will all come from the influencer world versus the other way around. Because when they have the following, for instance, you know, uh, Chance the Rapper, mm-hmm. when you already have a following, you don't need a label. You don't well, need, right. but they'll, they'll make a very agreeable deal with you because they don't have to do any work. This, this new kid that's just, Literally popped up overnight. Oliver Anthony or Anthony Oliver's got this Appalachian feel, big ginger 
uh, beard. Oh, yeah, I've seen that guy. You know, like, and he's already turned down millions of dollars from record labels yep. saying, sign here, sign here, sign here. He's like, no, man, it's not what I want. I just want to do my When he own controls thing. his own destiny, he don't have to answer nobody. So I saw a video of him today, and he was at, the, like, this little farmer's market stage, and it was just packed. And he was like, man, how, what, what seven days will do in a man's life? I played here last Saturday, and there was, like, 10 of you. Yeah. Now there's, like, 2,000 of you. Yep. Jamie yeah. Johnson showed up, and I'm like, the way of the internet is mm-hmm. changing Social media. everything. It's putting it back in your hands. All right, so one last question before we kind of tie this up. For somebody that aspires to kind of do what you do or be in your industry, what would you, what's like one recommendation that you'd give them? I mean, we did the, you talked about doing the internship, which I think is mm-hmm. huge, right? You're not going to learn any, you're going to learn more by giving up your time in one of these businesses than you will going to school or anywhere else, in my personal opinion. What would you say to that? Like somebody that really wants to get into tech or try to figure out where they fit in in tech, what would you suggest they do? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think networking too and like even talking to people in the industry is huge. Um, But, you know, like we talked about earlier too with like having more STEM programs and schools, I think that that's also a good opportunity for younger children. Show the Um, kids what's possible. Yeah, and I know that like they even have volunteer programs too. Like at Boomtown, we'd have engineers volunteer to teach kids how to code in their free time. And that got them interested into it. So yeah, I love that name, Boomtown. <laughs> Boomtown. So if you're if you're a freshman in high school, or you're taking certain classes, or you just go into the career in tech counselor and saying, "Hey, I think I want to do software." What do you got? So I think that they're set up for success better these days than I was back oh, in the day. Hundred percent for sure. So yeah, I think yeah, that they're they, walking around with a computer. Exactly. So I think that they could. Um, I mean, I think some schools even offer like special classes for that or yeah. even go like to a community college and take a class there. But even uh, computer science majoring uh, just to do like coding and yeah. learning that kind of stuff. That's huge. In I, know, I know that com- in the beginning, computer science was dominated by males, but I think it's changed mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Now your degree from college of Charleston is business administration. Was that an important for you to have? Yeah. Like as you moved forward in your professional career? I felt like it was, yeah. I would, I, mean, I would think so. I right? took all different types of classes, like with finance, accounting, and like I said, decision science. So kind of got to see marketing, management. God, you're well-rounded. Not only that, when you understand how wanted. business works, you know how your role fits in. If you have no idea how business works, you don't understand how you're your role fits. Mm-hmm. Well, you're just like, no, I'm doing my thing. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't care about all this other stuff. What are you talking about P&Ls? But when you understand what P&Ls are, and how you fit into that, then you're like, oh, okay, well, this makes sense. I can, I need to do this. Sure. If somebody wanted to find you um, on LinkedIn, do you have a LinkedIn account? Yes, I if do. If you want to, if you want to, uh, <laughs> sorry. Kyle's popular. Pennsylvania. <laughs> if, you, um, if they wanted to find you. They wanted to headhunt you. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody was wanting to poach you for your expertise. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe it's just Anna. Linder, That's forward slash Anna Linder on LinkedIn. A-N-N-A-L-I-N-D-E-R. Yes. Anna yep. Linder. Well, listen, we appreciate your time today. This Thank has you. been uh, insightful for me. Kyle's a little, this is more in his face than it is mine for sure. But it, yeah. for spur of the moment and unscripted, it was, uh, I've learned a lot. Yeah, for sure. Good. So thank you <laughs> thank for you. your time. All right, we'll catch you guys next week. Hope you have a great weekend. See you.